is Modern Woman. Find us at modernwoman.co for further info. Good evening. It's Thursday, 9th of April, 2020. Welcome to Modern Woman's Chat Show Live. We're a brand to educate, motivate and support women in business and the workplace. I'm Rosie Coxshaw and I'll be your host at this exciting hour ahead as we discuss independent businesses, food deliveries and supply chains, social media and family relationships whilst we're going through such challenging times. Firstly, thank you to those who have tuned in this evening. It's a pleasure to be here with you. I hope you're keeping safe and well. This leads us into our first topic, social media, and I'm joined with Nicole Bremner. Ten years ago, Nicole was at home raising three children under three and unsure of what her future held. Fast forward to today, where she now runs a boutique investment company, sits on the board of a number of businesses, is a best-selling author and speaks regularly at events globally. Nicole is also one of our regular contributors delivering our property news. Hello, Nicole. Hi, Rosie. Hi, everyone. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good. I'm in isolation out in the countryside, so I really can't complain. It's lovely. We can go on walks in the woods every day. So yeah, keeping good. Thank you. Oh, that sounds really lovely. So obviously, um, we want to chat about social media during these times. Um, And I was doing some research. The influencer agency reported a 76% increase in daily accumulated likes on Instagram. And even TikTok has seen a 27% increase on engagement since um, COVID-19. So it's quite clear that everyone is obviously interacting with social media right now. I mean, in your opinion, would you say social media is good for businesses to communicate with their customers right now and a good way to make money? Yeah, well, first of all, just going back to the the number of uh, the uptake of social media at this time, there's so many of us that are feeling so bored, frustrated, lonely, anxious, and, and social media gives us instant access to bite-sized pieces of escapism that's generally in our hands or our pockets. So that's really the reason why this is, why there's such an uptake. You think about your own life and what you're consuming. And also you think about influencers and those creating this content. Um, It's really difficult for them to come up with fresh content. And that's why things like TikTok, which are more creative Mm. uh, platforms, are coming to the fore in this way. So is it a good time to make money? Well, any form of self-promotion can come across as quite crass at this time. So it's all about getting the tone right. There's nothing wrong with making money as long as it's not taking advantage of other people uh, and their situations. If you're flogging toilet paper online at inflated prices, that's not right. But to somehow give away or uh, give relevant help services that you might have. Uh, that There's nothing wrong with doing that. It's just ensuring that you get the tone right. The perfect example that everyone will get um, and everyone knows about is Joe Wicks. Yeah. And I know he did get a little bit of flack, people saying, oh, he's profiteering in this. But no, he stepped up and he agreed to do something which I think so many school children and their parents around uh, the country have have tuned into. Other companies such as uh, there's the Orchard London, which I highlighted on my Instagram. They're delivering food to people in London, fresh produce, when it's impossible to get on. And I know that uh, uh, your other guest is going to deal with that later on. And uh, another guy, Mark Winnett, he's offering a buy now, pay later for people who want to develop a social media platform. And those worried about their financials uh, at this time. Another company, 77 Wealth Management, have a, a hotline. So there are so many companies out there who are providing resources in a really tasteful way. They're saying, times are tough. This is what we can offer during this time. And it's either free or low cost, or it's like with Mark Winnett, it's buy now, pay when you can. And all these things I think are are important for businesses to think about. I personally be thinking about what I can contribute during this time. And I thought, well, my greatest... the greatest thing that I can offer right now is is access to top people who have got interesting things to say and provide somewhat of a, an escape to people by uh, interviewing people on podcasts and directing them to people who uh, might be able to help them this time. And so that's that's what I've really stepped up doing. And I believe you're doing the same too, Rosie. Mm, absolutely. So would you say it's more of a case that um, if you can provide added value um, or support the consumer in the right way, then there's sort of a justified reason for that company making money, regardless of 
how much money? Uh, yes, I, th- I think so. It's really, really hard to gauge though. And again, if you were a, if you were a nurse and you said, sure, my services are available, but I'm going to charge 10 times the normal rate for them, that, that wouldn't feel right to people. I would say if you have a marketing campaign in mind, Actually, there's someone that I, I'm thinking of that springs to mind and they're going, they're just continuing with their marketing online and their sponsored posts on Facebook and Instagram as business as usual. And it, to me, it doesn't sit right. I think if you're doing just your usual marketing, that it comes across as quite inauthentic. And yes, I understand that everyone needs to make money and we all need to feed our families at this time. But just be a little bit mindful of how it's coming across. If you're completely oblivious in your marketing campaign to what is going on. I think that that's not going to set the right tone for people. I think be a little bit mindful about what's going on. And why not just, if you are thinking about putting together a marketing campaign, just run it past someone who's trustworthy just to get their opinion on it before you put it out there if you feel that it could be tone deaf. Okay. And what sort of businesses do you think social media works best for? Um, And does this vary from platform to platform, say LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram? Yeah, I think that the most important thing, there's two really important things about social media. And that is, first of all, it's about personal branding. It's not really a place for businesses. There are not many businesses that do well unless you're, say, Sweaty Betty. Most of the top brands on all the platforms are the personal brands. People want to know about you. They want to know about the person behind the brand. And that leads into my second point where social media is all, all about storytelling, really. You can, there's two different things you can do. You can either post or you can tell a story. And you're always going to get better engagement and better interaction from people when you tell a story. And it doesn't matter what platform you're using. It, it, what matters is how you're using it. And if you can weave through these stories, LinkedIn's a great example because you see uh, some people really use these suspenseful stories. I was sitting at my window gazing out at the bird in the tree and this thought came to me. Now, some of them are quite funny and uh, people have created memes out of them. But there, it is, there's something about that. It is about telling a story. And you've also all seen that meme about the four different pictures, the Facebook picture, the Instagram picture, the LinkedIn picture, and the Tinder picture. Yes, there is a slight bit of um, maneuvering or um, modifying your message for the various platforms. Just think of that meme. But the the key principles are the same. It's about getting your personal brand out there and about telling a story. Okay, so talking of content, um, which is really crucial for executing a really good social media campaign. Um, I mean, you've obviously got a really good following on social media. You're edging up to 50,000 likes on Instagram. Um, And I know that your content is really good. Your pictures are of high quality. Tell us a bit more around how you structure that content um, and also keep it really consistent. Yeah, the key images, images are key and video as well are are key for any social media platform. And so it is about ensuring that you have someone or take your own really good quality pictures. And uh, so many people have done this, but if you, you sometimes will take 20 photos just to get that one good one, it really is about that, which is time consuming. It's frustrating, but it does pay dividends because one photo shoot uh, can give you maybe 10 great photos that you can use for the next few weeks and few months and continue to reuse. But it is just, it's about having that really consistent look and using filters that give you a good look. And I know this seems like a lot of work, but if you think about this as your, this is the face of your business and this is the face, this is your face. This is how you come across and what's important also to note with the filters and the various touching up is that I never want to go to an event and people say, oh, dear, she looks so much better on her social media than she does in real life. That's not what I mean. What I mean is about having a consistent look, feel, color, tone throughout your social media, which all the top, top uh, Instagram accounts especially do have. But I, all of this can be done in a really structured way in just less than an hour a day, really. And that's by looking at your diary every week, working out what you've got on and working around around that to produce 
a content calendar. And this is what we've done with clients uh, in the past is just to get a monthly calendar, map out where they're going to be, what they're going to be doing at that, even what they're going to be wearing, who is going to be in attendance there who can take their photo, perhaps as a professional photographer, about going and talking to them afterwards and saying, hey, can I get this picture? Talking to people... Uh, I know, Rosie, you always have photographers at your events and, and making sure that you can use those those images later. Because again, as long as you shout out who's doing it, who's taking it, then uh, it's, it's great for everyone when you use these images. So just have a think about, uh, yeah, how to capture, what to capture, and then the story that you're going to tell. There's no point just taking a picture and posting it. Try and have something behind that. And that's the same for for every single platform that you use. And especially video. Video is becoming more and more important now. And we're seeing that with TikTok. Just try and think about what videos you have. And it doesn't need to be perfect. And it doesn't need to be polished. And I think that there's a place for really polished video if you're doing a speaker reel or if you're doing... Uh, something that is a pitch to a company that needs to be polished, but people also want to see the real you, the no makeup you, the, I don't know about you, but I, today was the first day I put makeup on in about two weeks and I wash my hair now once a week. It's wonderful in that regard. And so it's about putting yourself out there when you don't look your best, when you are your real self, because that, that um, makes you more accessible to people and more real to people. And that's, that is what you want. Mm-hmm. as well. So yeah, just it's consistency and it's about ha- having a, putting aside a bit of time to map out what you're going to do. Mm. So um, I agree that is a fine line between being your authentic self as well as still looking presentable. Um, so just talking about video there, um, would you say that that's become um, a bigger platform, say YouTube, as opposed to Instagram, which is photo-led. I know you've got IGTV, um, which they're changing, and also you can do Facebook Live. But generally, the video side of things, would you say that's just going to get bigger, more so than just social media itself? Yeah, yes. And remember, you can also post videos of up to 60 seconds on your page as well, on your Instagram page. So video is definitely going to increase. And the reason is because, is because the young people are taking it up. And even before the rise of TikTok, when it was called Musical.ly, I went to a um, Vaynerchuk Media event in London uh, about, I think it was about two years ago now, or a year and a half ago. And they spoke there about Gen Z. Uh, they're the really young people. They are more comfortable talking on their phone via video and recording themselves than they are talking in person. And I see my children, they're what, nine others. Oh, I've got oodles of them. They range from <laughs> nine through to old, but um, they are so comfortable with video now. My nine and 10 year olds, they think nothing of just recording TikToks and getting them out there prolifically. Whereas I find people our age, uh, I say our age, sorry, I'm 41. So people around my age are so cautious about what they're putting out there that uh, often they're paralyzed by the fear of getting it out there. And you you can't be. And the young people are not uh, concerned about that. They just get these out there. So I do think that, yes, YouTube... Uh, the and TikTok, TikTok will be huge. If you've if you've not come across TikTok, um, have a look at it. I'm still trying to get my head around how I'm going to use it for business, but there's definitely a place for it, especially if you've got a business that will market to the future adults. Interesting. I mean, I haven't used TikTok myself as yet, but I've seen loads of people. It, it keeps cropping up. Funny enough, through Instagram, Facebook, where people are sort of in wine in those platforms um so before we move on to my next question which is about posting but um in terms of video what advice could you give to say obviously we're on lockdown at the moment and um people want to still create good content what advice would you give to everyone to be able to create a really good video from their home yeah first of all there's it's really funny at this time seeing people on tv presenting from their homes isn't it because first of all they don't have their pro makeup and hair people there so they look regular which is fantastic but so many people get the camera position of their phones wrong and it's really really important we don't want to see up your nose (laughs) and I've got a friend who does uh 
social media profiles for or profiles, photos for people who do who want to go on dating platforms. And she said that most men do these selfies from down below that uh, show up their nose. So the first thing to do is get your camera angle right. And even if you're on your laptop recording, prop your laptop up on a book so it's a little bit higher. Your camera should be at eye height. Or even if you have a look at some girls, they're constantly having their cam- their camera up and above uh, where they are looking down on you. No one needs to see up your nose. So the first thing is to get the camera angle right. And then have a think about your background. Just be a bit mindful. You don't want <laughs> your knickers lying on the floor or anything like that. Just be aware of it. Um, a lot of people on TV at the moment in lockdown are, are making sure that they're in their libraries or something like that. But it is very interesting to see. So you just be aware of your background. And then also sound, sound quality, speaking, you don't have to speak as slowly as people thought. That I think that's kind of outdated. There's not many people who speak too fast now. We're all accustomed to hearing raw and regular video, but just make sure that you're enunciating properly and that people can understand you. Uh, so and just be clear, but also be yourself. Treat it as a discussion. Think, okay, I'm sitting down having a coffee with my best friend or my business partner, whoever it might be, and just keep it really conversational and chatty. And I think that's the best way of uh, making sure that you're really engaging with your followers. Okay, thank you for that. Um, My next thing is posting and times of posting because what we found at Modern Woman, um, literally within a couple of days of, it it was a couple of days before lockdown, to be honest, and we noticed obviously that everything was in chaos in everywhere um and we were posting at our normal reg, normal normal regular hours that we would say we'd get traction and we know our audience are interacting and what we found was that we were putting posts up that we'd normally put up and we weren't getting the traction um so I wonder well it led us to believe it was it the content was people's minds elsewhere but also led us to believe perhaps people interacting at different hours of the day now um uh, or it could be the algorithms I don't know whether you've found the same um experienced the same issue and whether you've sort of changed the times that you post at the moment yeah I about 18 months ago when I really started focusing on my socials I was really focused on what time I I posted to make sure that it got at the top. In the end, the algorithms just threw that out the window because the algorithms will determine what what gets in front of people no matter what time you post. That's the first thing. And I'm finding Instagram incredibly challenging right now to build a following. It used to be really easy and I know I would grow maybe a thousand followers a month if not more. Now I'm stagnated. I'm just not growing at all. Maybe that's something to do with the the level of the content I'm putting out. I'm not sure, but I'm just finding it quite challenging across the platforms to, to build engagement. It almost seems like there is so much competition out there now for eyeballs that unless you're doing something really different, uh, that it's it's not capturing new eyes. So with that that said, though, I, it's down to consistency. If you're consistently posting, then people are going to see it because it's consistently coming into your feed. And things that I've I've read is that you should post the minimum amount that you can consistently post. So if that's one post a day, just post one post a day. If you can do three a day, do three a day. But it has to be the the amount that you can just consistently post. And yeah, I think though the algorithms and the, the times that people are viewing, it would be very interesting to study the uh, the patterns right now. But I don't know about you, Rosie, but I'm finding sleep erratic right now. And I find myself up at two in the morning, four in the morning, uh, just browsing through socials and getting on with work sometimes because I, I think all of us are under so much strange just with what's happening that uh yeah sleep seems really disrupted and that's also impacting our uh, social media consumption hours yeah I totally agree with that okay my last question before we um take a break one thing that I've always been concerned about is what would happen if social media shut up shop tomorrow and I know that probably the listeners are thinking what the hell are you talking about there's too much money in social media but you never know it could be for illegal reasons whatever now one if that dis- does happen, all our followers um, and the traction that we've built and the audience we've built on those platforms is basically insignificant. 
So one of the things that I've always been really um, protective over and something that we're really keen to do is to build our own assets, um, such as email database. And I just wonder what your thoughts are around that as to for people to be able to use social media as a tool to build their own asset, basically. Yeah, absolutely. And I've experienced this firsthand. Last summer, uh, my account and I know thousands of others were banned on Instagram, just shadow banned, where we couldn't like anything, we couldn't comment on anything, and we couldn't follow or unfollow anyone. And it was because they were just trying to fish out fake accounts. So they almost made you go through this period of abstinence in order to work out whether you were a real account or not. And it was really interesting to think, okay, I've built up this following of X amount, which I place value on. And all of a sudden it could be taken away from me for something that I've not even done. And yeah, it was, it was quite an awakening, but I think Well, at Modern Woman, one of the first things you're doing is you've got offline assets. So you've got your magazine, which is the perfect thing to do. And I'd encourage everyone to have offline assets. And that could be by contributing to magazines and or uh, making sure you've got a brochure or books, e-books. I've written a book. And for me, that that's a brilliant asset as far as building my personal brand and opens doors. The other thing is that uh, podcasts are becoming really huge. So again, having these assets that are not dependent on social media, media but are your own ones. And that means having a centralized place to host everything. And that is your website. So even though people don't really look at websites so much, it's really important to have one because it can then host all your various uh, media or business type marketing efforts. So uh, if you constantly drive people to your website, you can have uh, your podcasts there, your books there, your contributions to magazines, uh, and, and you own that. No one can take that away from you and you can continue to uh, it's kind of like having a holding company if you've got investments. This owns all your assets underneath one umbrella and it's just one place to point everyone to. And yet email databases, again, they people are a bit um, email deaf now. However, if they're interested in what you're sending and if you've got a, a compelling enough offer, people will open your emails. And I find that with the information that, that you send out, Rosie. So yeah, just try and focus on things that are not quite so reliant on on social media platforms. And this goes back to the point that I made on on storytelling. That is the number one skill that you need to learn for mastering social media. It doesn't matter what platform it is, you will always need to tell a story. And so let's just say LinkedIn. You remember um, MySpace, how huge that was. It launched careers and now it's is it even there anymore? If it is, no one ever goes there. And people lost all this following that they had on on MySpace. So just think about that and think, and your storytelling skills will be agnostic to, to platform. And so just to hone those skills and you'll be able to use them no matter what platform you choose to frequent. Okay, that's great. Thank you so much, Nicole, for sharing that with us. Um, right, we're going to take a quick music break before um, I welcome our next guest, which is Rachel Bridge, and we'll be discussing independent businesses, food delivery services, and supply chains. Change that 
back. If you've just joined us, this is uh, Modern Woman with the Chat Show Live. Next topic that we're going to discuss now is centred around food deliveries, supply chains, and how independent businesses can through, get through this time. I'm joined with Rachel Bridge, and Rachel is the former enterprise editor of the Sunday Times, a journalist and motivational speaker specialising in business, personal development, and entrepreneurship. She's now an author and has most recently published her book, How to Work for Yourself. Welcome, Rachel. Thank you. Thank you very much. So um, I was doing some research around, firstly, food deliveries. And um, interestingly, the UK food delivery services has increased by 9.8% compared to the same quarter last year. Uh, That was taken from foodnavigator.com. Now, do you think food delivery services will change consumer habits moving forward? Do you think people are going to prefer to go to local independent stores or continue to shop at supermarkets? I think um, once the, the the lockdown is lifted, um, it will be very interesting. Um, I think we'll be desperate to go back into food shops. Um, there's nothing more nicer than seeing what you're buying. Um, but obviously, food deliveries have been an amazing uh, help and I'll continue to be an amazing help during this lockdown, for, particularly for the, the elderly and, and, and the vulnerable. So I, I think we might see a split, actually, because um, a lot of people presumably are trying these food delivery services that haven't before. Um, and it may be that we start, you know, buying our basics um, from food delivery. But still, you know, we still want to go and look at, you know, the piece of meat or the, or the vegetables that we're buying. Um, and and I, so I don't think that that will change. It's, it's still, at the moment, it's no fun, is it, going in food shopping? I mean, I just looked at the queue around our local supermarket today. I mean, it just stretched all the way around the car park. Um, and but you know when we're allowed back in, uh, I think we'll be we'll find it quite fun again. Um, but I think one thing that is interesting and it, it, is this um, increase in delivery of of fruit and vegetables. Um, there's a lot of uh, maybe I didn't know about them or may have just discovered them. A lot of businesses around where I live that are now delivering local fresh fruit and vegetables, and I think that's a wonderful idea. So I think we might start doing that a bit more. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, I think, uh, you know, it's interesting you say about uh, fruit and veg deliveries because I actually uh, started doing the same and I've never, I don't really do that at all. You just eat to yourself, you go to a local supermarket. Um, and what I guess is quite interesting about that is whether it will encourage people to eat more healthier. Um, what I find really fascinating about the news um, and centred around this coronavirus is that we're not told to eat well and eat good to boost our immune systems. So perhaps food delivery companies will encourage that aspect, do you think? Yes, and I think it really is important that we do eat healthily. I mean, gosh, we, we all know, you know, being stuck at home, it's amazing how many times we find ourselves grazing on, on food, that even when we're not hungry, just because we're bored and it's there. Um, and, you know, all those chocolate biscuits are just calling out to us. Um, I think the other thing that's really interesting about this uh, fresh food delivery of, of vegetables is there's so much less packaging. You know, it comes up in cellophane um and so i think you know going back to basics and actually finding food that gosh it it looks real you know it's not wrapped up uh we're really gonna remember that i hope i hope i really hope and stick with that yeah definitely i hope the the environment wants us to remember that that's for sure so in terms of supply chain issues um you know lots of food businesses are really struggling with um uh, demand at the moment and i don't think it's just food as in supermarkets it's also a lot of other businesses that rely heavily on say overseas um exportation importation um and obviously a lot of this is struggling through to transport labor shortages and businesses closing um how do you think businesses can fulfill uh, demand during this time well, I think there's. Um, it's. Go- I think first of all, we all need to acknowledge we are in a very, very difficult time. Uh, it's unprecedented. Hopefully, it's not going to happen again. Um, and I think customers are are now sort of grateful to any business that is keeping going that is able to provide them. And there's a lot more tolerance from us. I hope if things are a couple of days late or or they they, they turn up, um, you know, not as expected. Um, so I think that that is important. Um, I think the key here is to, to be local, actually, um, and the businesses I think that are doing 
best at the moment are the ones that are really focusing on their local area. Uh, it makes it easier, obviously, for them to deliver things because they can literally deliver it themselves. Um, or it may be that they can, um, you know, just use the, the local network. And I, I think that is very much a, a good thing. You know, we you just mentioned international sort of supply chains you know we we forget where stuff comes from uh we're so used to seeing everything and expecting everything um and actually to focus on things that are made locally that are grown locally i think that is the key to 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 survival and and a really good sort of almost blueprint going forward as well Mm. yeah absolutely i mean it's i guess as well it's one of those things for big companies is uh, that you think they probably think they're protected when in actual fact, you know, it's something like your supply, something in your supply chain not working or um, causing problems along the way, they're forced to change. And I was doing some research earlier about um, tech being a massive um, influencer of how they can protect their uh, supply chain and also um, making sure that they know or getting closer to the 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 consumer and being able to deliver a lot easier rather than having multiple sources. I mean, what would you say businesses can do to make sure they've got a more robust supply chain going forward? And yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, in the early days of this, I managed to get two deliveries myself from supermarkets. All the slots obviously have long gone and now quite rightly they're being prioritised. So the first one was from Tesco who managed to, I actually opened the door expecting this big kind of, you know, crate of stuff. And then I looked down and there was this little tiny bag on the doorstep full of one of the things that I'd ordered um, out of, I think, eight. (laughs) And a little note going, sorry, we couldn't, you know, couldn't even provide substitutes for everything else. So they clearly weren't doing very well, whether they're supply chain and in contrast I, I ordered one from from Asda and everything came um, so clearly they are very much having their own issues uh, and some are doing better than others I think in terms of a supply chain regardless of how big or small you are the the secret is to is to use that dreaded word I mean you use tech which is a great word but digitalization you start monitoring it better have a much better understanding of the data of you know when things arrive and how much you need and how quickly you're using things um, and start using I mean I think we're sometimes a little bit scared of data uh, we kind of go, ooh, AI, help, you know, the robots are taking over. But actually, um, this, you know, the smart businesses are using data in a very clever way to actually have a much greater knowledge of where things are coming from, when they're coming. So using the data you already have, I think, is is going to be really important for businesses whether they're big or small, and that will make them a lot more robust because it's, it means you're not caught unawares. Oh, cripes, I didn't realise we haven't got any of that and therefore we can't do this. Mm. So, I mean, in terms of um, businesses reaching direct to the consumer, I mean, that's already quite ahead of the game in terms of online. I think in line, online has enabled that um, a lot more now where people can actually order direct from who is actually creating this end product that they want to receive. Um, but... Do you think online trading is the way forward for all businesses generally? Well, I think um, what this whole crisis, I think, is going to teach us and businesses is actually we do find it very handy uh, to be able to do stuff online. I mean, not just in terms of crisis, but it is, you know, it really, really is an easy way of doing things and it stops us having to travel and and all that sort of thing. So I think every business should be thinking, how can we be not more online, but perhaps in parallel? Um, What can we be doing online? Can we sell online? Um, And I think what's what's really interesting about this direct to the customer is... um, you know, if you're a small business, you can't sort of think, oh, gosh, I need to start, you know, getting my own delivery trucks and and sending out, you know, that's impossible. Um, But actually, you can tap into a lot of online platforms, for example, something like not on the high street.com or or etsy.com or actually even something like amazon marketplace and we think of amazon as being the big business but actually all of those things we buy 
through Amazon are being supplied by small businesses. Um, and it, they all have joined their program and they are all supplying their stuff through Amazon. So they're taking advantage, all of these platforms, and there's a lot more, of, of, the, of the, the infrastructure that's already there. And the key to all of this, I think, is all these small businesses are named. So they are all building up their own brand. So if you go on notonthehighstreet.com, for example, every single product is, it tells you exactly who is making it um, and which small business is is behind it and I think that is the the key to this is to, to make sure you are building up your own brand through all of this so that people know who is supplying you they know where you are they know about you they feel they can they can trust you mm, absolutely so um in terms of traditional businesses that can't survive online, I mean, we've seen lots of restaurants, um, lots of independent individual high street shops that have had to shut up shop. Um, and although some of those are um, able to transfer online, a lot aren't. Um, and I wonder whether you think this calls for opportunity for change and a way to create new revenue streams for those businesses well, I think first of all, we need to just remember this, it doesn't feel like it at the moment, but this is temporary. Okay, this is not how we're going to be living for the next, you know, 100 years, hopefully. You know, this is going to end, the virus will end and we will get back to normal and we will want to be going to restaurants. You know, we love restaurants, we love pubs, we love clubs, we're still going to be wanting to go to those. So for, so for businesses like that, the key right now is to stay in touch with your customers. So for example, my local pub literally a couple of hours ago um, emailed um, me and obviously everyone else with some recipes for Easter meals we can make at home. Mm. Uh, what, how would a lovely thing to do? You know, stay in touch. Obviously, we can't see this year. Here's some recipes. This is how we cook stuff. And that, I think, is really nice. So I think the key is stay in touch um, because we will remember you uh, when we're allowed back out again. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the other element, as you mentioned, is yes, if you can start thinking um, about, and, and actually all all businesses should all bring this. Um, what are new revenue streams? Is there something we can try in a small way, in a no-risk way, um, to see if it works? I mean, that's why things like um, pop-up shops have been so successful. Trying something out. So I think all businesses should have a sort of entrepreneurial head on them at all times to see what else, you know, the business that doesn't do anything new is the business that eventually dies. I mean, yeah. what, just one example that somebody actually emailed me, there's this company that, that um, film parties and weddings and make um, lovely films out of it. Um, And obviously, they're totally, you know, you can't be doing that anymore. That's their business totally stuffed for the next few weeks or months. There's no parties, there's no weddings. But rather than just going, oh, what a total disaster, um, what they've done um, is um, they launched a service where people can send um, selfies um, and create um, their own um, videos online. Um, And actually, they can do it themselves for free or if they want them to edit it they can pay in fact I mentioned them jenksandco.tv um, I haven't used them myself but I just thought what a lovely idea um, they're offering a service you can you know um, video your, or, or get people to send in little videos you can either put it together yourself or they will put it together for you um, so they're using their expertise but they've immediately gone right let's let's turn it onto stuff that can we can still do now Mm. Um, and I think that's lovely. And it may be that, you know, when we come out of this, that actually they have created a new income stream for themselves, that the two businesses can, you know, the two parts, the two offerings can run alongside each other. Um, so I think, you know, in this time of uncertainty, you know, there are going to be lots of new ideas, new ways of doing things. And I think the businesses that can stay entrepreneurial and think oh actually can we just try this out um that's that's the secret to it absolutely so you also talk a lot about this in your book how to work for yourself just tell us which I know you've uh, recently published just tell us briefly what is inside that that um the audience can get gain insight from well I think um the, the key message is really um actually it sounds very grand, but you, you know we can we have more control, I think, over our lives than we think. 
think. Um, and I, um, we, if we want to work, work a certain way, there's ways of doing that. And I think, if nothing else, this crisis will make us stop and think, actually, do I want to still commute to an office for you know, an hour each day, two hours each day? Do I want to have to work in a rigid, uh, structured environment? Um, a lot of us are trying out, you know, working from home. Um, and I think that's that's the key to the book, really. Actually, would, would this be something that you'd like to do? Um, let's look at what skills you've got. Let's look at how this might work and living the, our best possible life. How can we do that in the most fun and fulfilling way? Okay. Thank you, Rachel. It's been a pleasure chatting with you. Um, I think we just about managed to scale those internet connection problems. Um, but yeah, thank you very much. We're just going to take a quick music break now before we move on to the last part of the show, which is with Georgina Fuller and talking about family relationships and working from home. Stay tuned. Yeah. Can you feel it? I can. It's good. Mm. Yeah. Now move with it. Mm-hmm. Everybody that's on the dance floor, I want you to put your hands together and just move your hips from side to side. Yeah, that's it. You got it. Mm-hmm. Now, Mr. DJ, I want you to count down with it. just joined us this is modern woman with the live chat show and i'm rosie cockshaw so this um leaves us into the final part of the show now um where i'm in conversation with georgina fuller about family relationships and working from home so by way of introduction uh, georgie is a freelance journalist speaker guest lecturer and mother of three. She has written for everyone, from Take a Break to Tatler, and specialises in writing about parenting and women at work. She writes regularly for The Telegraph, The Guardian, and has appeared on the BBC and ITV to talk about parenting issues. Hello, Georgie, are you with us? Hi, Rosie. Hi, yeah, how are you yeah, doing? Okay. Yeah, I'm fine, how are you? I'm really well, thank you. Thanks for um, joining us this afternoon or this evening. 
So um, being on lockdown means everyone is having to conduct their lives at home, um, all in one space, which is not easy considering we spend most of our day at the office or perhaps had much more of a balance between uh, work, life and those that we actually live with. Mm -hmm. So I know that you tend to work from home generally, um, being a freelance journalist, um, but now your children and husband are all there with you. How have you, um, how's the dynamic changed so far? Gosh, I mean, it's changed in every possible way, in, in every way imaginable. Um, I mean, the la- well, the first two weeks I was obviously expected to homeschool and provide constant entertainment and snacks for my kids, um, who are 11, 8 and almost 6, carry on working as usual, um, accommodate my husband, uh, stay on top of the housework. So, I mean, to say it's been challenging would be a big understatement. Uh, it's, it's changed my life completely Mm. it's very very different working from home by myself um as opposed to working from home with four people here uh and and two dogs that does sound incredibly hectic so you say it's changed your life completely uh what challenges have you faced exactly I mean, I think the biggest challenge for me, I mean, you touched on it just now in your intro, has been the lack of boundaries. Um, So I really try and stick to a kind of a policy where I try not to work too much in the evenings. I try and have weekends off so that I can spend them with the children um, unless I've got a deadline. But that's now become impossible because I'm having to work around the kids. Um, So I've got no kind of distinction between my work and parenting and my life. Um, we have an office uh, where I'm speaking to you now but my husband's commented that because he is the breadwinner um, and his work is you know probably more full on the mind a lot of the time but normally I can work from anywhere um, and I go to you know I have a co-working space that I go to uh, but that's obviously now changed because of constant interruptions from Mm. my especially Mm. yeah I mean and also just the you know the uncertainty and the anxiety that I think everybody's feeling I've had lots of work cancelled or postponed um, from national newspapers projects I've been working on so you know I've had to deal with that yeah it's hard for sure um so it's quite interesting you say there that your husband is um his work is taking precedency so if he obviously needs to be in the office he's got to be in there because he needs to um conduct the work because he's the main breadwinner at the moment but have you created with that I mean um you know for you yourself your work's just as important um have you created any sort of family structure and boundaries around that to sort of say hang on a sec we need to share these um share share the share these um different um work situations yeah I mean um, it's organised chaos, basically. Uh, that's how I describe it. Sometimes it's not that organised. I mean, I'm trying to kind of keep to some sort of routine. Obviously, we get up at the same time every day. The children get us up early anyway. Um, unlike Nicole, who you spoke with earlier, like I put makeup on every day. I've washed my hair. I've tried to be presentable because yeah. that makes me feel like I've got it together. Um, yeah. haven't. Um, when I had a couple of deadlines last week uh, for a national uh, newspaper which you know there's no um, variation on that you've got to deliver on that time you can't come up with any excuses you know it's press deadlines and things so we did a couple of split shifts um, towards the end of the week so my husband did the morning and I did the afternoon and then we swapped yeah. it out and that worked really well uh, because I was able to have a couple of uninterrupted hours uh, I mean there's a few things that we've done. I've introduced like a pasta point system, which parents might know about. So the boys in particular are really lazy. Um, so, you know, that encourages them to make their beds, make their own sandwiches for lunch, tidy their room, that kind of thing. They're yep. quite creative, So they like having, you know, they're looking at their jars and saying, right, why has he got more than me? What can I do? Um, I mean, my older two, who are eight and 11, as I said, I can give them a time limit. Um, My eight-year-old is autistic, so he's tricky. He needs a lot more help. He needs a lot more support. Um, But I can give him an egg timer. Uh, Mm. I find that like, if I give him 10 minutes one-to-one time, which isn't very much, whether that's like making Lego with him, whether that's sitting down, doing a picture, talking to him, then he will have half an hour, 40 minutes, maybe an hour on his own that I can get on with stuff. Um, 
I've also like Disney Plus is my best friend right now. I've uh, I bought it a week or two ago, I think, and that's been that's been really really helpful. Um, but no, I mean we haven't got the structure is fluid basically, as is my work life. Um, so it's not a kind of rigid. I've seen lots of timetables things. I'm not doing that. Um, but you know we are trying to kind of keep the momentum. We have breakfast at the same time. We have lunch at the same time. Uh, yeah. And get them to respect the fact that I have other things that I need to be doing as well. Yeah, but I'm not like you know anal at all about it. I'm I'm fairly relaxed about it. Um, yeah, you're trying to do your absolute best. I can imagine. Yeah, I mean absolutely, and I'm just trying to kind of not to put too much pressure, you know, on myself, and I'm trying to kind of be okay with letting things go a bit and just you know do do the best that I can do really. Mm-hmm. Um, talk about pressure and funny enough I've had a couple of calls and interviews this week with um a lot of I say women but you know it's men as well that are struggling is putting that pressure on yourself um I mean me personally I felt that it's like every day you you think like this is my structure you go to do it and then you either you just don't know how you're going to feel I think everyone's dealing with so many different mixed emotions at the moment um with their work let alone being with the family in a, in one house and under one roof as well. Um, but, I mean, I think it must be quite difficult and challenging for single parents um, that have got to cope during this time and still be able to run their business or fulfil that purpose. I mean, what sort of advice would you give to, um, to those that are single parents out there? Yeah, I mean, I feel like I've been a single parent at times, um, but, you know, obviously I haven't. And I think it must be really, really tough if you are completely on your own. I mean, I think um, having headspace wherever possible is really important. If, you know, that's like a bath by yourself or a headspace app, or, you know, I'm really into ASMR videos. I watch one of those after the children have gone to bed and just to have half an hour to myself, basically, just to create a bit of space for myself. Um, But I think things like the pasta points and the reward charts like I spoke to a friend in London who's a single mum and she's got um, a reward chart up on the fridge so the children are really helping and they're really involved Uh, they're five and seven I think hers Um, so they're really you know taking control and taking responsibility uh, for the housework and for you know what are we going to have for dinner what would you like Um, I think getting them involved wherever possible. And I think, you know, again, the kindness thing um, and finding a kind of support network. I mean, it's difficult, isn't it? Because you can't, you know, and I'm finding that my dad or my stepmom quite often help out and they've been self-isolating for weeks now. I think they're probably five or week six. So there's nobody. And my in-laws are obviously self-isolating as well. There's nobody that you can call. Um, Yeah. I found FaceTime. I've been doing lots of that. I've been doing lots of WhatsApp groups. That's really helpful. Um, you know, if you can get my daughter, sometimes when I'm busy, she'll talk to her cousin for half an hour, an hour on WhatsApp, um, which will give me time to get on with stuff. You know, if, if the children are a bit older and they can do that and that keeps them occupied, just do whatever you've got to do at the moment. It's not normal. You know, I mean, as you said, I think that there's been a meme going around. I think Mother Pucker reposted it. You know, we're not working from home. We're working through a crisis. Everybody is feeling, you know, fraught. We're all kind of up and down like a yo-yo. And like you say, you don't know how you're going to feel. Um, So, you know, I think if you're on your own parenting, that's going to be magnified um, and you probably will be hugely up and down. Um, Yeah. And you've got nobody to to rely on. So, you know, use use FaceTime, use the resources that you can. There's a couple of groups on Facebook. I think there's one called Plan C for homeschooling. And somebody, you know, another single mum I know said, call it home learning. She don't call it homeschooling. That takes the pressure off a bit because, you know, otherwise you feel like you're literally trying to do everything. Um, And if you can just sort of break it down. Mm. I've, I've been trying to break it down and not think, you know, there's people that have obviously said, oh, well, they're not going back to school. And my eldest is in year six. So for him, not going back would be really sad because he's got his leaving party. He's got another sort of school trip, away trip that he's been looking forward to. He's got SATs, which have already been scrapped. You know, this is a big thing. I remember my last few terms at primary school. It was a big deal going to secondary school. But hopefully, you know, they will, they've said now, haven't they? Hopefully by May, um, they will get to go back. Life will return. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a temporary blip. You know, I think 
um, with your last guest said that, you know, just reminding ourselves and rewarding ourselves for just getting through each day um, and, you know, thinking we've just got this week and then we've got next week and not thinking, oh my God, how many more weeks? I can't do this. Yeah. Um, with, you know, bite-sized chunks. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you've got, you're responsible for bringing in your income and you're self-employed as well, it's an immense pressure. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, do whatever you have to do. You know, whatever it takes is my kind of thing to uh, to live by, really, because I think we all have such high expectations. Um, and I think, you know, when I hear that inner critic, I think, well, I wouldn't look at somebody else or think about somebody else like that. So why do I speak to myself like that? Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I think we all have to just cut ourselves some slack, um, especially yeah, yeah. as a single parent. Definitely. I think it's um, quite right. I think it's taking one day at a time at the moment. And, you know, that old saying is divide and conquer. And it literally, I feel like you say that in business, but I think life is literally like that right now. Um, but I, I guess one thing I'm interested to discuss is from a business perspective, do you think employers will value the idea of their staff working from home um, and encourage this post-coronavirus? Yeah, I think I think they will. And I mean, I've been writing about the world of work for Oh gosh, a long time, 18 years probably. Um, and I think, you know, there's always been a stigma that working from home, people don't think that your productivity and working from home are conducive and it's kind of a euphemism for, I don't know, mowing the lawn and slacking off. And I hope that that will change that narrative and that will change the perception that we have now. And companies will realise, companies that have said before, oh, you know, working, no, no, you can't do that, you've got to come in. I hope that culture of presenteeism, which is so rife and still so prevalent, especially for city firms and, you know, finance and law firms and things, that they will see that actually you can work flexibly, you can work remotely, you shouldn't have that obligation. Um, And the time lost uh, with commuting and the time sort of spent going to meetings and things, so much of that can be done through Zoom and can be done, you know, from anywhere. Uh, So I think that's, that's definitely an upside, you know, that's definitely something that we need to, um, you know, look at and, and, and draw out. I mean, from a positive perspective, do you think more people, following on what you're saying in terms of like time saving, uh, do you think more people are productive at home, working from home, or do you reckon they're craving to get back into that office environment? I mean, I think it depends whether you're, you know, that old kind of extrovert, introvert argument, really. Um, And I know that some people, like my son's football coach, that, you know, football's been cancelled. He's an extrovert. He's an IT sales guy. He's like, oh, my God, I'm doing my head in. How can you work from home? I don't know. You know, I'm missing the office. I'm really struggling to get motivated. You know, there's people like that uh, that have sort of very customer-facing roles or that are used to the banter, they will struggle, they will find it difficult, that might affect their productivity. Um, introverts, you know, they've said, what is it? There was, again, another meme. I'm loving the memes. They are giving me life at the moment. All these funny gifts and things going around. Um, somebody said, you know, you say self-isolation, I say um, living the dream, you know. They'll be in their happy place. Uh, they are just be getting on with it. So I think it depends entirely what sort of person you are, what sort of job uh, you work in, what sort of industry you work in. Um, but I think that companies will see now that you can be as productive. I mean, for me, you know, I've always been found it really annoying when people think that working from home isn't something to be sort of taken seriously necessarily and that you have to be dressed smart and doing a nine to five. I've already, you know, I found that so outdated. Um, so hopefully we're going to reframe that now and people are going to realise that you can be productive, you can minimise um, distractions and, and get on with it. And ultimately, like if you've got a job to do, you, you know, for me, if I've got a deadline, that is it. I have to do it. You know, it doesn't matter what my circumstances are. I will make it work. I will I will do it because I have to deliver on that. If I don't, then, you know, I won't get commissioned again. Um, and that's my kind of reputation. That's my income. That's my livelihood. So I hope that that will, you know, there'll be a sea change um, in that and people will realise they can be as productive working from home and companies will realise that, you know, it's just as valid. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely think there's some interesting changes to come, that's for sure, possibly for the better. Yeah, I mean, there will be some some big changes from this. We will go back to normal, inverted commas, but I think there will be a lot of long-term 
changes. Um, and hopefully, you know, one of the upsides will be that companies will look at their policies again and HR people will look at how they can, you know, accommodate people so that we're not all crammed into a tube or stuck on a train every morning. You know, I think that that will be a huge plus, especially for, for working mums um, who are, you know, domestic duties and, and doing all that drudge as well as working. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, well, it's been a pleasure chatting with you. And um, thank you, everyone, for listening in. We've just gone over 7 o'clock, and I know that we did say 7 p.m. So um, I'm conscious that no one's asked any questions either. Possibly that's because we've been talking a lot. Um, But if anyone does want to ask questions um, and me to put them to the host, please can you email me at rosie at modernwoman.co. That's rosie, R-O-S-I-E, at modernwoman.co just.co, not.co.uk or com. Um, You'll probably see the last slide on your screen. Um, Please stay in touch with Modern Woman. We're going to do this next show on the 23rd of April. And um, further details will be online at our website, which is modernwoman.co, as you can see on your screen. If you go there, you can download our latest issue. Um, It's digital. You can also buy it in print. And also, if you want to get in touch with us again, just drop me an email um, and I'll be more than happy to connect with you. Thank you, everyone, for signing in and checking in this evening. Have a lovely evening and look forward to speaking with you soon.